Nice, guys. Great job. All right. Later, dudes. I got to do dishes. Peace out. Me too. Me too. All right, guys. Bye. Welcome, everyone, to episode 14 of the FL FFL podcast. It's your host, Matthew Honeycutt, and also joined by co-hosts John Lassie and Will Myers. Guys, we are getting close. The playoff push is upon us. How are you feeling out there? I am biting my nails. I need a lot of things. I need a lot of help to get to the playoffs. A lot of help. I could not feel any better. I'm pretty much in. My team is awesome. They're finally healthy. I'm ready for this final push into the playoffs this week. I hope everything goes well. But yeah, I'm I'm riding high right now in fantasy football. So Yeah. I mean, guys, it's it's here. Like the it's sad on one side to say the season's almost over, but then the playoffs are here where you can you can really win your league. And so um it's exciting for all the people out there. Uh, as far as playoffs are here, and it gets fun and interesting. And we'll talk about our playoff scenarios a little bit later on, kind of around the time we talk about trades. We'll kind of talk about our playoff scenarios so that people know what's going on in our league. But, um, yeah, super exciting. But we also got to just tell the masses about just some fantasy football stuff first. Before we get there. And, John, as we always do, got to start with some pod stats. Where are we looking at? So this was a good week for the podcast. We had we went from yes. two two oh three plays all time last week to two thirty one. So we had wow. like twenty eight wow. plays. Um so which and this episode last episode didn't get twenty eight plays. So some people are going back and listening to previous episodes. Which nice, is great. Sweet. Checking estimated, us out. Estimated audience and sixteen of sixteen and sixteen unique listeners. And we are previously were only represented by the USA, Germany. And the Philippines, and now we have one new listener from Jamaica. There we go. Nice, getting some fantasy football info out in Jamaica. That's right. And as always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at flfffl underscore pod, or uh, send us an email at flfffl.pod at gmail.com. Have y'all ever been to Jamaica? I have not. Well, at one time, it's an amazing place. I had a great time there. I walked up to the bar, and I was like, "I'll take a beer, please." And he goes. Sounds good. What will you have? And I said, what kind do you guys have? And he goes, we have red stripe and red stripe white, man. I thought that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> that, is, that sounds about right. Yeah, but oh, it was amazing. I had a great time. And red stripe is quite good. So That's funny. Nice. Anyway, nice. That's, that's all I got about Jamaica. Okay. Well, John, also, I think I heard on, on the word on the street is we may have a mailbag question, right? We do have a single mailbag question. It's from a guy who's in our league. Um, are we wanting to do, go through that right now? Or are we going to wait till later in the pod? I think we should wait till later because it's more about our league in particular. Okay. So. That's cool. So we'll circle back around to that. So maybe if you're in a different league and you want to hear the, the question, st- stick along with us as we talk through our own league. Um, but let's dive on in. Let's talk through what's our one takeaway from week 13 of fantasy football. I'll start since y'all two have some cool little nuggets. Um, first I got to give a shout out to my big 12 champs, the Baylor bears. I went to the game and it was awesome. It was just squeaked it out. It was incredible. It was so awesome. 
Um, and then I want to give a shout out to my other, my, one of my friends, Derek, uh, DD, he, uh, is always willing to text me about fantasy football. So thanks and shout out to Derek. Uh, and then my takeaway for the week, um, some offenses, uh, that hasn't, haven't been really producing like they have in the past, specifically wanting to look at Dallas and, uh, Kansas city and just offenses in general, you know, especially relating to fantasy. I mean, Dallas this week had four interceptions, and a de- and a defensive touchdown and only scored 27 points like their offense has just struggled it's just not looked great Dak hasn't looked great um wide receivers besides cd lamb haven't looked great um yeah just it's just weird it's you really cd lamb and maybe dalton schultz that are the two relevant people i mean cooper yeah. when he's healthy might might be relevant and actually michael got had a good game too but he's unreliable because he's the third guy but yeah yeah especially the running game and then, uh, yeah, for sure. And then Kansas City, you know, that just they they used to have such an explosive offense. Pat Mahomes, uh, week seven through thirteen. So this is before this week, which he he only scored like twelve points this week. So not a not a great game either. But seven weeks from week seven through thirteen, Mahomes has been quarterback twenty one, averaging fourteen point seven points a game, which is nice. less than Tua, Big Ben, Taylor Heineke, Trevor Simeon, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mac Jones, and Ryan Tannehill. And he's just ahead of Andy Dalton. So, well, but that's a who's who of fantasy quarterbacks, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're right. Jeez. Yeah. What what a list to be among there. I don't think any of those guys, none of those guys, are starting on a team, and Tannehill might be the only one rostered of all those. So, anyway, just Gosh, just crazy that, that Mahomes. You know, Kansas City. They've figured out Kansas City, or maybe figured out Mahomes. I don't know. He's just been bad this season. So, and that's with. I mean, Mahomes is probably across all fantasy um, fantasy leagues was the number one quarterback taken, right? Yeah. Oh, easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, had to be, right? Maybe someone was like, ooh, Josh Allen or Kyler Murray, but most likely it's going to be. And for him to, during this playoff stretch, like when teams are trying to get into the playoffs and improve, for him to be doing this, just rough. Rough. Man. That's some good insight on quarterback, though, on him specifically. Will, do you want to take it? You want me to go? Uh, I'll take it. Now, I'm going to go over some career stats for two running backs. All right. And I want you guys to tell me who you think they are. So the first, the first running back, 61 career games, 3,663 yards, 30 touchdowns. And 19 runs of 20 plus yards with two fumbles. Okay. So 61 games, 3,600 yards, and uh, 19, 20 plus yards, 30 touchdowns, two fumbles. All right. The next running back, 58 career games, 35, 87, so about 100 less, 30 touchdowns, 13 runs of 20 plus yards, and five fumbles. Do you guys have any idea who these two running backs are? I'm I'm gonna say 61 career games. You said yeah, 61 career games. Are these guys like relevant? Very, I would I would think yeah. So both both are very relevant. I would I would I would define both as relevant. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna say quarterback or running back one is Aaron Jones. Okay. And what was the stats of the second one again? Sorry. 58 games, 35, 87 yards, 
30 touchdowns. So they have the same number of touchdowns, 13 yard, 13 runs of 20 plus yards and five fumbles. So Aaron Jones and uh, um, let's see, Ezekiel uh, Elliott. Okay, Honeycutt, do you have guesses? Um, let's go. I'm trying to make sure I'm I'm saying guys that are old enough to have that many starts. Uh, but I want to go with um. Saquon. Okay. For I don't know which one. One of them. And then maybe Dalvin Cook. Okay. So the first one, I'll read his numbers one more time. 61 games, 36, 63 yards, 30 touchdowns, 19 yards of 20, 19 rushes of 20 plus yards, and two fumbles. Leonard Fournette. Okay. Wow. And running back two, 58 games. 35, 87 yards, about 100 yards less, three games less, 30 touchdowns, same number of touchdowns, 13 20-plus uh, yard carries, and five fumbles, Christian McCaffrey. Wow. Wow. So now, obviously, Christian McCaffrey's receiving numbers are much better, but they are comparable, and maybe even Fournette's a little bit better as a rusher, which if you would have told me two years ago, that Leonard Fournette would have similar career statistics rushing the ball as Christian McCaffrey. I would have thought you were crazy, but he's made it a ton of ground, especially yeah. this year because he's had a really, really good year. <clears throat> Still hasn't played in all the games. Leonard Fournette's not played in 16 or 17 games in a season, whereas Christian McCaffrey did that for the first three years of his career. But from a rushing perspective, they're very, very comparable. Same number of touchdowns, you know, within 100 yards of each other, just over a couple games. So, it's I, I looked that up because they were drafted the same year, both top 10 picks, and I was very curious, and uh, it's close. I, Interesting, you know, yeah. It's, I it's mean, what, is it, what does it look like for total points? I don't know if we can find that quickly. I don't know. McCaffrey would definitely have the edge in, in total points because let's yeah. look at re- receiving uh, um, statistics here. McCaffrey has 357 receptions for 3,000 yards. So he has almost as many receiving yards as he does rushing yards, whereas Leonard Fournette has 228 receptions for 1,644 yards, which is still pretty good, but he has over 100 receptions less and obviously about 1,500 yards less. So Yeah. Yeah, but but again, for for fantasy purposes, that's what really separates a running back like a C, uh, yes, like a Christian McCaffrey. Yes, and McCaffrey has seventeen receiving touchdowns. Fournette has four. Made a nice catch this weekend, though. If y'all saw that, nice, yeah, nice yeah. little touchdown catch. But um, yeah, from a fantasy perspective, obviously McCaffrey is the better player because of that receiving aspect of his game. But I would argue, especially since Fournette's been in Tampa Bay, he's been a a better running back than McCaffrey especially, you know, since McCaffrey's been hurt, but Fournette's been very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Any, uh, any specific takeaways from this past week? That Fournette is pretty good. (laughs) Okay. That's my takeaway. Great. He is definitely, he is looking great in the Bucks offense. um, For sure. All right. So uh, my takeaways, um, I was going to talk through some running backs just and, and some other t- types of players too, uh, different positions, but notable fill-ins who had great weeks. So 
we had a lot of players out last week with in- injury. We had a lot of players on by. And so these were some guys I just saw that had really good fill-in weeks. So the top one, Sony Michelle at 22.9 points, um, filled in really well for the Rams offense while Henderson was out. And I don't know if I necessarily expected that. And so that was a great fill-in for maybe a one-and-done. I don't know if he'll get any touches if Henderson comes back. Uh, number two, this is a guy that we're familiar with as kind of – he's becoming an all-star fill-in, I would say, is um, Alexander Madison at 21.4 points. Um, again, filled in great for Dalvin Cook. Uh, have y'all heard any update on Cook? I think he's still going to be out for maybe one more week. I think I saw that as well. Yeah, I yeah. saw – latest I saw is he was technically questionable, but I don't think they play him because it's a short week still. So Yeah, so any managers out there, you may get another – Great fill-in week from Matson. Uh, if you have him on your roster, like counting on it, John Lassie does. Uh, so good plug and play there. Uh, number three, little bit of a surprise uh, is Kenneth Gainwell, nineteen point seven points. It was just a weird showing. Sanders was back, and then he he got taken out. So then Gainwell took it all. Boston Scott was technically healthy, but didn't play at all. Bummer. It was weird. Yeah, it was weird. But Gainwell ended up having a great game. I don't know what the future is for the Eagles' backfield this week, but could be maybe a guy to keep an eye on if he gets any volume. I don't know. And then, Philly, Philly backfield is one I think I just stay away from in fantasy. I mean, I, yeah. I, I know, and that's me having started Boston Scott last week who scored zero points. So, like, I, <laughs> you know, that kind of burned me. But in general, like, what is going on back there? You know, they have – I mean, it seems like it's a different guy every single week that that just goes off. Yeah, and I mean, Sanders has sprinkled in a few good games here and there, but then it's just so random. And so you can't really rely on him yeah. very, very well for any managers who have Sanders. Remember when people thought Sanders was better than Saquon? Uh, people said was that. that. Really? People said that, yeah. They're uh, like, I've oh, never... he was better than him at, at Penn State. That's uh, what they was... said. Never on that train. Uh, I wasn't either. I'm just saying people did say that. That's crazy. And then uh, another player, good. I guess you can call it a good fill-in, but Taysom Hill had 21.1 points, and he had four interceptions and still had 21.1 points. It's insane. And he had – because he had over 100 rushing yards as a quarterback, but he threw four picks. It looks really ugly. And he still had twenty one point one points. So he did have a injured middle finger, the Russell Wilson injury, basically. But yeah, and they're saying that he's still playing through it, right? Yeah. So obviously less than less drastic than Russell's injury, but you know, still. Yeah. But it was just crazy to think like I was I was playing against as a fantasy owner, I was playing against the Taysom Hill owner, and I kept seeing these interceptions. I was like, yes, yes, yes. And then he had 21.1 points. So just crazy to say that. But those were some guys that, hey, some good fill-ins, and we'll see if it continues for any of those guys. Probably the one the most. Taysom Hill, if he continues to play, and then Madison for sure has the, has the backfield for now with Cook out. Um, but my next one is also a little bit of a nugget, so y'all, y'all go with me here. Um, so there is – obviously there's one receiver that is in a tier all by himself this year. And that is Mr. Cooper Cup. 
who has 100 receptions. But then below him, in the 2, 3, and 4 slot, there are three guys that are all tied for the most receptions for wide receivers this season. Who do you all think that is? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say one of them has got to be – I feel like – I feel like Keenan Allen just gets a ton of receptions. Maybe not a lot of yards, but I feel like he gets a lot of receptions. And like Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson, maybe. I was okay. going to say Justin Jefferson. I think he's definitely up there. Uh, I don't know if it would be Keenan Allen, but Michael Pittman's caught a lot of balls this year. So I'm going to say Justin Jefferson – I'm gonna say Michael Pittman, and I'm gonna say so. So I will Tyreek Hill. Okay, I I will preface. There's two that you would definitely think, and there's one that is like, oh, didn't really think about that one. So what do you? Michael Michael Pittman's my. You wouldn't think about that one. I have Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill. Okay. Yeah, I would say the same about Michael Pittman, but I just don't know if he has if he has enough to be second. I mean, good grief. Um. So. John, who'd you say? I said uh, Keenan Allen and uh, Jeff- Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. So I will tell you, y'all both have one right, but it's different people. So the list is Cooper Cup at 100. Um, then all the rest of these have all 86 receptions. And it goes Tyreek Hill. So John, or uh, Will, you got that one right. So uh, The second one? Tied for second is Keenan Allen. So, John, you got that nice. one right. And then wow. the third. The third is a guy who has just lately picked it up. And this is an offense that we've actually talked about a lot on the podcast of figuring out mm. who is the most relevant player. And mm. that is Jalen Waddle. Wow. Is That's tied insane. for That's second nuts. with 86 receptions. I mean, he has been piling them on these last, I think it's four. Let me look at my notes. I think it's like five out of seven weeks. He's wide receiver 11. And yeah, in his last five games, eight catches, four catches, eight catches, nine catches, nine catches. So yeah. yeah. So he was my next kind of takeaway. It's just him the last five weeks. So four out of five weeks, he's had eight or more receptions out of Mm -hmm. those five weeks. And so, I mean, he is heating up and whoever has him on his team has been benefiting from it, who is a rookie who is standing out. Um, and it's obvious, Tua, that's his guy. I mean, it's it's his guy there, and he's going to continue. Working. Yeah. We talked about that, too. So I thought that was interesting. I mean, he is sneaking in there. Um, so now he's, as, as far as receptions go, points maybe not as much, but he's getting more volume as far as catches than uh, a Jamar Chase, who we've talked about a lot. Of a, I'm trying to think of another rookie yeah, receiver. Chase has been not super, not as great lately, but yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, Waddle has really picked it up as far as the rookie receivers go um, and is looking pretty sharp. So y'all keep an eye on that. I think uh, whoever has him on the team, if you're in the playoffs, it is looking good for you. I think their matchups are pretty promising as well as they finish the season. So a great part of the Miami offense to have on your team as we as we go with that. Uh, so that is our takeaways. Y'all have any other thoughts on takeaways before we hop into player ranking no just that Leonard Fournette's the number four ranked running back now which we'll talk about in a second but that was my point I was making is that he's been very good of late 
and has leaked into significant fantasy relevance. Yeah, for sure. So this is how the list goes. Um, as far as top fours in the quarterbacks, we have Tom Brady, the, the legend. Uh, it's at one, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford. Let me just circle up and say that game on Monday night with Buffalo was nuts. Did y'all see how many passes that Mac Jones had? He, he had three, three like passes, three, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, he was, I think, one for three or two for three. That's insane. I think he was two for three for like 17 yards or something. And I heard this from another uh, fantasy podcast. Shout out to the ESPN podcast, um, Fantasy Focus, that there was a guy who lost the league um, or, or like lost a playoff position because Mac Jones, uh, he didn't get enough points or something. Something happened. He kneeled. I think it was because he kneeled. That's what it was. Yeah. He, he kneeled. Had, he had minus three rushing yards or something. And all, all the guy needed was like four points and couldn't get it. And so just a crazy game. Anyways, uh, the big dropout of that of the quarterback ranking is definitely Jalen Hurts. I would expect him maybe to hop back in there if possible if he keeps running. Well, and he um, didn't play this past week because he was hurt. Yeah, so. and there was, there was injury. So we'll yeah. see if he can hop back in there. Um, as far as RBs go, we have Jonathan Taylor in a league of his own. Um, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon still at three, and then Lenny Fournette is at four in the top four. So Najee drops out. He, I think he had a he had a better week this last week, but still not what he was performing like. I think we talked about that last week on the podcast. Yeah, of kind of what to expect. I think Will, you mentioned that mm-hmm. maybe maybe not the same range that he was in the first that first stretch, but maybe more like a, a twelve to fifteen to seventeen type of player. Points wise, yeah. So interesting. Keep an eye on. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor. Do y'all have it pulled up? Like how far in the lead he is over Eckler? Oh, it's a lot. I can look real quick. And he. Uh, let me think. It's like it's uh, almost sixty points, fifty-five points. Jeez. And isn't isn't he leading all players in points? Now he's the most. Yes, and Cooper yeah. Cup is second. Yeah, so Jonathan Taylor is the best fantasy player at this point right now. So whoever drafted him, wherever you got him, it was a steal. Um, wide receivers, John, you gonna say something? No, I was just gonna say I and I traded him away in my other league for Chris Carson and Russell Wilson. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Chris Carson, DK Metcalf. It was cr- yeah, not oh, I that's even it. worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was bad. <laughs> that's rough, man. Granted, it was after week three when he had two bad weeks in a row. So I was like, this guy sucks. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I got Chris Carson to from him. You know? <laughs> uh, has he has he played since then or? Carson, Carson, he's, he got he gave top. me like two games, and the guy I traded Taylor to hasn't lost since I traded him Taylor. Uh, of course, and now yeah. he's like the best. He's gonna win the playoffs. It's just crazy. Oh gosh, that hurts. That hurts. Yeah. So wide receiver core, uh, a group is Cooper Cup at one, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel is at four, and he didn't even play last week, right? Nope. Yep. He didn't. Wow. He was out. Yeah, he was out. Adams drops out. He was on by, which we'll get to that whole thing in, in our league specifically later. But uh, 
yeah, that's that's a group that I think is going to be pretty solidified. Um, what's the differential between like Jefferson and Hill and Samuel? Are they pretty close? So Jefferson has about seven points up on Hill, and Hill has two points on Samuel. Okay, so Samuel has about twelve points on Adams, who's uh, fifth, fourth, or sorry, fifth. So, and there's a bit of a drop off to Chris Godwin. Really? Okay, but and then Cooper Cup, how big of a lead? I mean, he has a pretty large lead. I mean, so Cooper Cup has three eleven. Justin Jefferson, who's second, has two forty five. Wow. So six, six, seven, seven, 65 points. Yeah, 65 points. Yikes. It's That's insane. Huge, yeah. huge gap. And then to round it out, we have our tight end group with uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, and Mike Gusecki. And uh, Waller dropped out of that group. Uh, maybe real quick, what's the difference? I mean, Kelsey, does he still have a pretty About 11, 11 points. Okay, not too big. Andrews didn't have a great week last week, but I guess he still maintained some. Um, all right, any any other things you want to mention as far as top players go? Not nope. really. All good. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. Do we want to go through top performers from last week? Yeah, let's week do that. Before, let's before do top to performers. Mailbag questions? Um, uh, let's see. John Lassie. It is. Yeah. So two, two guys I want to point out, George Kittle finally had a great game and it was a great game. He was, he had nine receptions on 12 targets for 181 yards and two touchdowns. That is 40.6 fantasy points. Just get this guys. He's now with that game. He's his per game average is 15.1 prior to this week. It was 11.9. It's insane. One game gave him a jump of, of over three point points per game, which is just nuts. Um, and then another guy, a, a pass catcher, not named Hawkinson or Swift from the Detroit Lions. Amon Ross St. Brown had 10 receptions on 12 targets for 86 yards and a touchdown, 24.8 points. Just cool to see the Lions win and cool to see um, somebody besides Swift and Hawkinson get, get some spotlight. Yeah, I mean, I I thought for sure that Jamal Williams was going to get a huge dosage with Swift out, and then here comes Brown with yeah this great game, which is crazy. <clears throat> and George Kittle, I played against George Kittle, it stunk, forty points. Um, I, I can go next. We'll save Will for last. Um, this guy is ramping up, and if he continues to get touches, he's going to be good. And that is Javante Williams for the mm-hmm. Broncos. 23 carries, 102 yards, six receptions for 76 yards, and a receiving touchdown for 30.8 points. And so he is looking like a great playoff running back if he continues to get this volume. So for anybody out there, great guy to have. Um, And then the second guy is this guy did not get in the end zone as a receiver and still had 31.2 points, and that is Chris Godwin for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had 15 receptions on 17 targets. It was like, besides Gronk, and I don't know, I know he had two touchdowns, but I don't know how many receptions he has, but it was like he was throwing to nobody else but Chris Godwin. Yeah, Gronk Gronk didn't have very many receptions, four receptions, so yeah, I mean. And what about Mike Evans? What was, I didn't look at that before, but 
Was he relevant at all last week? I feel like God would I don't have think him. he had a good week. Let me check on that real fast for you. But no, it was the Chris Godwin show on uh well actually Mike Evans. He had uh seven catches for 99 yards. Gosh. So he still had 17 points, but man, pretty, pretty I mean good. that offense, Tom Brady, man, he is yeah. the number one quarterback in fantasy right now. Yeah. And yeah. it's just crazy. That have y'all watched his documentary yet? No, I've been wanting to. I don't we've know if he's been plus. So. We've watched the first two episodes. It's pretty good. Is it Last yeah. Dance good, or is it a cheap attempt at, a, at the Last Dance? I I think it's pre- I mean I think it's pretty good so far. I haven't obviously I haven't seen all of it, but isn't it following most of his journey with the Pats? Yeah, mm-hmm. like that really good team they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Interesting to watch. But those are my takeaways from last week. Those are some, or those are uh, top performers. Sorry, uh, from week thirteen. So, Will, what about you? Who you got? Yeah, so a ton of players had really good fantasy weeks this week. Yeah, I'm talking about one or a few in particular. Kyler Murray kind of broke that. You're hurt and coming back. Poo poo game stretch. We've we've had it going there. He scored thirty fantasy points. He had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, I think he had two passing touchdowns as well. Just a really, really good week for him and what was bad weather up in Chicago. So um, well done for him. I talked about this guy last week and I said, you know, I would not feel very confident starting this guy if you're in the playoffs. And that was Russell Gage. And he scored 23 fantasy points this week. Um, So another good week by Russell Gage, who now that Calvin Ridley's out is the wide receiver in Atlanta. So, um, but I just want to go through real fast. There were a ton of players over 20 points. Madison, Murray, Antonio Gibson, Rob Gronkowski, Javante Williams, T. Higgins had 30. Dallas Goddard had 30. Russell Gage, Devontae Freeman, Hunter Ridfro, George Kittle, Justin Jefferson, Taysom Hill, <laughs> Deontay Johnson, Cooper Cup, Sonny Michelle, Jonathan Taylor, Leonard Fournette, Matthew Stafford, Chris Godwin, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, like all these guys had 20 points and in some cases had over 30 or 40 points. Mm-hmm. There was a ton of players who had huge weeks this week, it seemed like. Yeah. And there were a bunch who had almost 20 points that I didn't even mention. Tyler Lockett, Miles Sanders, uh, Deontay Harris, all these people. So it was a very, very high-scoring fantasy week, it seemed. Yeah, and, and we saw that, especially in our league as a PPR league. It, we Across the board, we had some really high scores. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like they all were on a few different teams. They were all on the same team and they all performed well, which is double whammy for anybody that was playing against those people. Double whammy in a good way for the people who had them. But um, I, I know we probably didn't prepare for this, but I'm going to toss this out there and just see if we can kind of come up with something on the top of our head. But at, for, for all those fantasy managers out there who are getting ready for the playoffs or they're trying to get a final playoff push, who is that maybe one or two players that feel like is heating up or is that is the right player to have on your team at this point? Do y'all have any people off the top of your head that you can think of? Javante Williams for sure has got to be at the top of that list. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think he's up there, but the other person you mentioned is Jalen Waddle earlier and he has been very good as of late. So um, yeah. Under the radar players, those are probably two really, really good options for you. And always, you know, playoff Lenny. Is he going to do do big things? Playoff Lenny. There you go. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, those are two guys I've mentioned. I, I I think they're really picking up steam, and they could have 
be great for any fantasy manager who has him who's in the playoffs. Um, and then another one, I was going to circle back around to this because this thought came to me when you were talking about Russell Gage, but what has happened to Kyle Pitts? Like all this hype, we he kind of hung in there and kind of re- revived himself for a few weeks and then has fallen off the table. Yeah, I mean, he was tied in four, I think. At what, one point, maybe Four yeah. or five weeks ago, he was tied in number four. So, um, pull up his stats real fast. Yeah, he had, he, he's not been good. So, his last six games, 3.3, 9.2, 10, 5.9, 4.6, 8.8. 8. That's coming off of two weeks where he had 27.9 and 24.3. So, yeah, he has not been very good. So. Yeah, it's really the emergence of Russell Gage that's causing Kyle Pitts problems. I'm sure <laughs> that wasn't quite where I was going with that one, but <laughs> but you know, I think I think it's legit. I was really more so pointing back to our rookie of the year conversation. Uh, I don't think any of us actually picked him, but we had talked about him. I think somebody picked him. I, I think I might have picked him. Um, but if you talk about rookie of the year, like Najee Harris, who we thought, or at least I thought, was running away with it, has kind of come back to the pack a little bit. Um, yeah. He hasn't so, I mean, been great. Same with, same with Jamar Chase. Like, yeah. These who guys have like, all slowed down pretty significantly over the last several weeks. Who is peeking their head above that group? I mean, is it Jalen Waddle? Jalen Waddle. I mean, that would definitely be recency bias if we were going to say Jalen Waddle yeah. is the yeah. right I mean, year. Just but looking – a strong case for it right now. Looking at all offensive players' total scoring, Najee Harris is still the top rookie. Yeah, but I, I think like I think you've got to at least weight it a little bit by like position. You know what I mean? And Najee Harris still, I'm I'm not saying he's not the rookie of the year. He's obviously been very, very good almost the entire year, but like Kyle Pitts and and Najee Harris should not be compared apples to apples is what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've watched a lot of the Steelers because they have Deontay uh, Johnson and he just hasn't had that like breakout play yet or like those long runs or anything. He's just like a steady, consistent guy. Yeah. I was, I would read an article or something where it talked about how he's incredibly inefficient from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. Like he, his fantasy points per touch is way lower than some of his competitors from a fantasy perspective. So that, that makes sense. So we'll see. I mean, I would love to see him kind of pick it up and, and have some of those big runs and stuff to, to help that out, but we'll keep an eye on it. Um, so that is our top performers from last week, guys, any other just fantasy, uh, info that we want to give the people before we hop into our league specifically. We probably should mention bye weeks. Okay. Since that's a kind of a, in general, you know, fantasy, not just our yeah, league. Yeah, for sure. So, so wanna... big, the last last of the bye weeks here, the uh, we have the Colts, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Eagles. So Colts, obviously, we mentioned this guy earlier, Jonathan Taylor, the best fantasy player so far uh, on a points basis, is out, and so is Michael Pittman Jr., um, Dolphins, Jalen Waddle, Miles Gaskin, Tua, all are out. Patriots, Damian Harris, and whatever is going on with the Patriots backfield and the and their and the defense. The Patriots defense has been good. And then the Eagles, you got Jalen Hurts, who hopefully will come back from injury. Um, you know, he was he was didn't play last week also. Devontae Smith and then 
again, whatever the heck is happening in the Eagles backfield. Um, so all those guys are kind of the, the more relevant uh, players who are missing this week. So big bummer. I mean, if you have Jonathan Taylor on your team, you're probably not in a win or go home situation for playoffs. Mm-hmm. But if you are huge bummer to have him out on, on week 14, when maybe you need a win. Yep. That is tough. So those are major buys. I mean, those are, I'm feeling it for both two, two players from different teams this week, even though I'm not necessarily relevant, but anyways. Um, okay. Will any last nuggets? For fantasy good, managers out there, good luck. Good luck. Good luck. It's the end of the road. For the may the best. Season. May the best team win. May yeah. the best team win. Uh, cool. Well, we'd love to hear any stories, guys. If you listen to us and you're not in our league, we would love to hear kind of how it's shaking out for your individual league. If y'all have any crazy scenarios that are happening or or may pan out, we would love to hear it. So let us know next week. We may talk about it a little bit, but. Let's dive in and spend some time on the FL, FFL league itself. First, we'll start with power rankings, and then we'll dive into some playoff scenarios, some trade discussions, a mailbag question. We got a lot of content to cover. So, Will, first and foremost, hit us with the power rankings. Yeah, so power rankings have changed significantly this week. So, well, maybe not significantly. One or two people have moved way up. So the first, um, also, I would like to point out, have you guys noticed in our group text that Omar only says it's a good podcast when we praise his team? Have you guys noticed this? Uh, yep. 100%, 100%. Well, Omar, you're going to love this week because you are now <laughs> number one Wow. in our power rankings. Wow. I've, I've always talked about how your uh, record matters. Like <clears> – <throat> not as much at the beginning of the season, but once you get to the point where you start needing needing to get wins in order to get yourself in a playoff position, well, now Omar is guaranteed a playoff spot. He's first in points four, and this team is ready to roll. So Wally is technically slated to play him in round one after how dominant Wally was at the beginning of the season. He might have to play the hottest team in the league in the first week if things shake out this, this final week. So Omar is now number one in the power rankings. Also, shout out Omar for having no idea how trades work in fantasy football. <laughs> oh gosh. I got that text and I was very confused. I was like, Yes, so surely, confused. surely he knows they go through automatically after 48 hours. He has to know. <laughs> Apparently he does not. So I think that's a testament to one, how bad Omar has been in the past, that he doesn't care. But also how much he's improved this year. So Omar, if there was a most improved, you would Gosh. get it for sure. Way to go! You are now number one in our power rankings. But so what does that mean? What does that mean for our league? That Omar's when, number one. Yeah. Look, he's got a really good team. He uh, aside, aside from how good his team is. Yeah. Of the statement you just made that he is obviously hasn't been relevant in a while because he doesn't know how the stuff works. Well, I think I think we have to look back on this this season as a whole and give ourselves a pat on the back for saving Omar from himself. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. So, and we'll we're gonna I'm gonna bring this up later, but um, this would not be the case if he had gotten Tyson Williams and Alex Collins instead of Austin Eckler. Um, So, so really, those guys are good players. What are you talking about? 
You're right. You're right. So, so really, well, what, what I hear, what I'm hearing you say is that actually the cred should go to the commissioners for not letting that trade go through, right? Well, the league, I think, vetoed league, it, right? That, like, that is correct. That is yeah, correct. Yeah, the league because it was one of the commissioners who wanted the trade to go through. <laughs> yeah, that that is so. Awesome. Way to go, league! You yes. saved Omar from himself. So awesome job. Gosh. Um. Next Who's we've got. Two? Next we've got Cooks. Uh, still going strong. They beat Wally this week. Um, slated for the number one seed. Again, Jonathan Taylor has been amazing. We talked about him at nauseum. This team has a good team. Um, watch out for them in the playoffs. They will be one of the ones who is likely to get to the end there. I think they just have a really, really good team. Uh, we've talked we, about – I would Go say ahead. we also have to comment on this, that this fantasy manager didn't necessarily like his positioning in the draft and also auto-drafted and hated his team, and he is now really good. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. he's really good. And, uh, you know, he's got Lamar Jackson, Jonathan Taylor, probably Kareem Hunt, although Myers, Miles Sanders might be starting in that RB2 role. We'll see. Um, and then Mike Evans, Mike Williams is super hit or miss. Tyreek yeah. Hill, Mike Gusecki, who we've talked about, is pretty good. So, um Solid. You know, Mike Mike Williams is the only real concern I have on this team, and it's not because he can't golf; it's just because he's inconsistent. And I, I really value consistency. So, uh, but yeah. I mean, it's a solid team. Lamar Jackson's got high upside, like we've talked about with with his ability to run the ball. So, this is a good team. Yeah, for sure. Um, next, we've got Chubby. Now he lost this week, but Nick Chubb was on by. Um, Chuba Hubbard was on buy, which he might have added some value from a fantasy perspective. Um, DJ Dallas did not score a point for this team, but you got to look at the team as a whole. Like Patrick Mahomes has not been good. We've talked about him. Jamar Chase has not been his same self. And uh, while Tyler Lockett had a good good week this week, it's difficult for me to trust anybody on that uh, Seahawks offense. So <clears throat> this team's got some holes, you know, this team really didn't make any moves, so they didn't like trade themselves out or anything. But the way things have played out this season, this team has uh, got an uphill climb, I think, moving forward. Yeah, and so just looking over their roster real fast, um, I mean, if they can slide Chubb back in and maybe Hubbard has any sort of relevancy and does well, they're they're a solid yes roster. Yes. But they have they have definitely fallen off to the dominance that they had early in the season. Yeah, now if Jamar Chase can re-find his previous form and Patrick Mahomes can, which neither of those things are far-fetched. Like, they're both really good players. Yeah. Um, the Bengals have just been running the ball a ton. So, but they could definitely regain that form and be real good competitors again. So Yeah, who's who's their running back, Will? The Bengals? Yeah, what's the guy? Some scrub. I don't know why they're playing him. Uh, he was okay. he Joe was Mixon. back to doing Joe Mixon things this week. So let's not talk about Joe Mixon. Yeah, he still he still pulled in a decent week. But next, we'll move through these uh, gangsters paradise. Um, this team had a few players on by, so they weren't as good as they might otherwise be. But um, and DeAndre Swift has been good, but was obviously out this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've still scored a lot of points. They're sitting in fourth in the standings. They're sitting at fourth in the power rankings. This team's good. Uh, next, the Willennium Falcons uh, definitely improved their team this week. 
via trades. Um, now their starting wide receivers are really, really good. Kyler Murray is really, really good. I don't care what you jabronis say. Rob Gronkowski is pretty darn good. Uh, and even Antonio Gibson has been good. I think this team might really depend on Saquon Barkley moving forward. And that's a scary proposition uh, because he has been questionable. At and best. back, he's back on their injury list too. Yes. So uh, next we've got Big Easy. <clears throat> this is a good team like we talked about. They're in the playoffs. I don't think they quite have the firepower of some of the other teams ahead of them in the list, especially without Derrick Henry, but they've done really, really well. Um, without Derrick Henry, they've kept winning some key games. So uh, this team is six on the list. I don't see them doing a ton of damage come playoff time. Again, it's hard for me to get around that Russell Gage thing, who was their highest scorer this week. Um, but this is the team of misfit toys, Russell Gage, Devontae Freeman, and Hunter Renfro with their top three scorers this week. Uh, next, the number two seed in the playoffs, most likely Run DMC, is sitting at seventh in the power rankings. It's, it's just, I don't know what to tell you. This team's not very good. So, um, and their tight end situation just got more complicated because Logan Thomas went out for the season. So, uh, Keenan Allen's been good. Justin Herbert's been fine. Um, <clears throat> more than fine. Justin Herbert's been pretty good. But yeah, this is a, they're going to have a tough time in the playoffs, I think. Uh, next, we have Daddy Kyle, their eighth seed in the playoffs right now. They have a huge this week with George Kittle and Justin Jefferson. You can't count on 40 and 36.6 point performances every week, but uh, I think this team definitely improved over the last week or so in a few trades or not trades that they've made. I would like to point out, and I think this is an appropriate time, there was an offer on this table for this team to send George Kittle and Elijah Mitchell to Matty Ice and the boys for Devontae Adams. It was agreed to in principle. <laughs> and Matty Ice and the boys set a timer. He said, we have to make this deal before this time or else the trade deadline's going to pass. And at the, at the 11th hour, Daddy Kyle backed out. And it's a good thing Daddy Kyle backed out because if Daddy Kyle had made this trade, he would have lost this week mm -hmm. because George Kittle and Elijah Mitchell were so good. <clears throat> Here's the situation. If he would have made the trade, instead of winning 160.5 to 114.5, he would have lost 136.3 to 146.5. So, Daddy Kyle, way to go in those instincts. Matty Ice, huge bummer because you would have won. And you would probably be in the driver's seat for a playoff spot right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, next, we've got Bird. Uh, a nice win this week. They're still in the playoff hunt. Um, and, in fact, their their chances are not terrible. If they uh, have Daddy Kyle lose and they win and they outscore – and they don't even have to outscore Daddy Kyle. They just have mm -hmm. to win. Yep. Um, they're in. So, Daddy Kyle, this is a must week for you. Bird, you're still in a decent shot after starting pretty slow this season. Next to CMC. I mean, when you lose the number one pick in the draft, it's very different than losing, let's say, the 10th pick in the draft. Because if you're 10th, you'll get the 14th best player. If you're the number one pick, you get the 24th best player. That's yeah. really tough. This team really has never really quite recovered because they were on a roll, and then Christian McCaffrey went out, and it's never been the same. And they made some trades to try and make their themselves better, but you can't really replace Christian McCaffrey. It's just really, really tough. So, um, yeah, bummer. Next is Matty Ice. Who cares? 
Foggy Town, who cares? Those are the power <laughs> rankings. Well, thanks for the who who cares. Appreciate yeah, it. <clears throat> thanks, Will. Yeah. Well, um, there it is. There's the power rankings as we walk into the last week of the regular season and figuring some stuff out. So, I mean, let's talk through it. Let's what what are the scenarios? <clears throat> so Birdman has to win, Kyle has to lose for Birdman to get in. Um I need Birdman to lose, Kyle to lose, and I need to outscore Kyle by five points for me to get in. Will basically is in, or other, or I guess Birdman and Kyle need to win, and somebody needs to outscore Will by like a hundred points. So yeah, Kyle would need to Kyle or CMC would need to outscore me by over a hundred points in order to, and I would need to lose in order to overcome my position. Right. And then besides that, I think that, I mean, that's about it. Everyone else is a lock. Okay. And then let's also clarify for the league how playoff positioning and seating works. So everyone's in the clear. I've had a few questions thrown at my way. I think we're all in consensus that we believe that it's divisional one, uh, each one uh, of the division. The winner winner of each division are the one and two seeds. Are the one and two seeds. And then – after that point, it's the top six best teams. Correct. Yes. Record first, points four is the tiebreaker. It doesn't matter about divisions. No, not after the top two. Which yeah. is why Birdman is still in the hunt because he's technically fifth in his division. And so with eight teams making the playoffs on two divisions, you'd assume the top four from each division make it, but that's not the case. Birdman is still in the hunt um, and can we get a playoff spot because of his record. Yeah. And it's reflected in our standings that way too, right? Like the standings, Cooks is the first seed and DMC is the second seed. And there's a chance DMC might not even win the division that he's in. Um, But for now, he's first. So he's the number two seed, even though his team has the fifth best record in the league. So um, the standings on the standings page on the website reflect how our playoffs happen. The playoff bracket is what you're talking about? No, I'm just talking about the – if you go to the standings page and you see season stats. On the website. You can't see it on the, the app. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. It's What you're saying also comes across on the playoff bracket. If you look at the playoff bracket, you can yeah. see the seeds. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, so just to clear that up for everybody out there, um, that's how it works. And so, again, we the, the four teams that are really fighting for that last spot are – and probably in this order uh, is Millennium Falcons, Daddy Kyle, uh, Birdman, and Run CMC, right? Yeah, and I would say it's really three teams vying for one spot. I think Will is is a lock. I mean, I don't think he, I don't think there's any way anybody that those things happen to to knock Will out. So, yeah, I would need to be outscored. I would need a lot of teams to win and for me to lose and be outscored by one of the teams that won by over a hundred points. So I'd have to score a hundred and they have to get 200. I'd score 80 and they have to get 180 or something like that, which is very unlikely. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what it's looking like um, for the, for the playoffs as it goes. Um, Do we want to talk through, which route? How do how do we want to go about this? Do we want to talk about the mailbag question? 
or do we want to get into the the trade? Let's do, do wanna... let's do mailbag first. Okay. Hit us with the mailbag question. So we got a mailbag question from uh, the owner of No Keepers League, Omar. He asked, "What are the top three most one-sided trades of the um, of the season for our league?" And I think that I think he means obviously looking back because at the time I think a lot of the a lot of the trades really I don't besides one that didn't go through that we've talked about a lot of the trades um, were pretty even. Um, and so uh, one of them uh, that I would say is actually well, sorry. Um, Hang on one second. I need to mute my mic. Can you can y'all read through those for a second? They're on the notes. Yeah, I got you. So the first trade that we thought was pretty one-sided is CMC traded Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert to run DMC for Jerry Judy, Chase Claypool, and Kyler Murray. <clears throat> this one, I think, is – we talked about this a ton at the time because we talked about Kyler Murray and Christian McCaffrey outscoring Keenan Allen – or. Um, Outscoring Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert, I think, or Kyler Murray's outscoring those two guys on their own. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert picked it up, and Kyler Murray's been hurt for several weeks. Yeah. Um, and Jerry Judy hasn't been very good, and Chase Claypool's uninspiring. Hit yeah, yeah, hit or miss. So, um, yeah, I think this one, looking back, Justin Herbert, I think, is QB2. Keenan Allen, what do we say? Is he like, he's running wide receiver six, maybe? Well, uh, yeah, he was tied re- with receptions. I don't know actually where he is. I think he's games. like around wide receiver six. I'm going to pull it up real quick. Um, but, yeah, so and, he's and wide so, receiver yeah. seven. So. <laughs> wide receiver seven. I mean, so I think you can go both ways with this because at the time, Kyler Murray matched, like what, what you said, matched with a CMC is a great pairing. Right. But now hindsight on the flip side – Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, that matchup or that pairing or, or stack has been really great for DMC. Especially with Kyler Murray getting hurt. like Well, and, and CMC. Right. Even though yeah. that's not in the trade. But yeah. you got to factor that in. Yeah, I think yeah. Kyler Murray not playing for, what, five weeks or whatever it was, really kind of impacted the, the way this trade would have played out because – Kyler Murray had 30 points again this week, you know, and he was really hot at the beginning of the season for the first couple of weeks. So, you know, I think him getting hurt really made this a one-sided deal. Yeah. I mean, and just timing, I mean, great timing uh, for DMC getting these players when he got them. Yeah. And, and so they've been hot and picked it up lately. Yeah. Um, I'll go over the second one. The second one we picked. Well, first, well, can can you just hit? Let's hit the league with the one that we saved, and we talked about this just a little bit earlier during the power ranking section. But this trade didn't technically go through, but we can all agree it was definitely one sided. Yeah, so this one was just brilliant. So Run CMC was trying to trade Tyson Williams, who as of now averages six point nine points, hasn't played in weeks, except <laughs> with the exception of in week twelve, he got point one points. Oh, how many? Man. How We're many weeks has this. he actually played? How many weeks has he actually played? So he's actually played one, two, three, four, five, six weeks. Okay, that's more than I thought. But he scored more than 10 twice. Those those were the first two games of the season, right? Yep, and then he got (laughs) 2.2, didn't play, 4.1, didn't play, 5.4, bye, didn't play, didn't play, didn't play, 0.1, didn't play. So uh, that's Tyson Williams. Josh Jacobs, who's a good player, he's averaging 15.2 points. 
has missed a couple games, but all in all, it's been solid. He's fine. Your boy Alex Collins, who averages 6.7 points and has scored more than 10 points twice. His last three games, 5.9, 3.6, 1.7. Oh, and then didn't play this past week against San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> and then Amari Cooper, who's averaging 14 points, is wide receiver at number 28 and has missed two of the past – I'm sorry, three of the past four weeks and has not scored more than 10 points since week eight. So uh, for Austin Eckler, who is averaging 22 points, is running back number two, and is probably a top five player in fantasy football this this year. Oh, and yeah. has gone over 20 points, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of his 13 games. Uh, I'm sorry, seven of his 12 games. With Gosh. one, two, three, two over thirty, and one over forty. So this CMC tried to trade bench player, bench player, fringe <laughs> starter, and Amari Cooper and Josh Jacobs, who's this low end running back one, probably high end running back two, for the one of the top five players in fantasy football, and Tyler Boyd, who has not panned out, but he still averages more points than Tyson Williams and Alex Collins. So, combined? It sounds like a not, pretty good deal. Not combined. Okay. But, but it's not far off. Like, yeah. They average like 12 and Boyd averages like 11. Oh, two. my goodness. So, yeah, that one was just a joke. I mean, Omar, you're welcome. We saved you from yourself. And now you have the number one team in the power rankings. So. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, that was the outrageous one. The next one, um, this one was Run CMC with Daddy Kyle, and it was uh, – Terry McLaurin and Josh Jacobs for Calvin Ridley and Cordell Patterson. So, um, I mean, at the time, I, this was before Ridley, right? No one had known yeah. that that yeah. was going through. He had missed one game for personal reasons, the London game. He didn't travel with them, but besides yeah. that, he hadn't played. He had played every game. But then he, there was a game in between that, though, right, where he did suit up, and then he made the decision again. Right. I had him. Way. Yeah, I had him for one game. Yeah. So, I mean, this was now looking back on this trade, it's like, man, Terry McLaurin has, has definitely picked it up and has done better recently. And Josh Jacobs has been kind of consistent, not, not great, but not like awful. Um, but then Cordell Patterson now uh, is back on daddy Kyle's team <laughs> and has, is still performing well. So I think he's been traded five times. Yeah. We talked about that last times. week. Yeah. And I think he, he he's obviously finally landed back, I guess, where he was supposed to be, was Daddy Kyle's team. So, um, But, I mean, from your perspective, John, because you were in this deal, like what, what makes you say this is one of the, the more lopsided? I think just not having Calvin Ridley play the rest of the whole season. I mean, I only got one game out of him. And if, obviously, if I would have known that, there's no chance I'd do this trade. You know, I'm not there, I'm not going to give Terry McLaurin and Josh Jacobs up for Cordero Patterson, even as good as he's been, you know. Yeah. Um, this trade, I think, also came after the, the failed trade with Omar that I had. And so I was trying to improve my RB2 position. Um, you know, I thought the difference I gained in, in Patterson over Jacobs was – greater than what I lose from McLaren to Ridley, um, which is why I yeah. did it. And I kind of wanted out of the Josh Jacobs business, but he's turned it on lately. So um, anyway, I think mostly it's the Calvin Ridley piece there that makes that such a bad trade. Well, but yeah. in your defense, McLaurin, who's good, has not been 
really good. Yeah, yeah. Like he's had several weeks since like half his games, not quite half his games are 11 points or 10 points or less. Like, yeah, he's not been great. So, yeah, maybe not as one sided as you might initially think when looking at it without Calvin Ridley. But well, and then looking at the long term of it, what what did you get for Patterson? Because you gave him away, obviously. What was the value that you um, ended I ended up, up getting Najee Harris and Javante Williams, who I traded away later? And um, who else did I get from you, Will, for that for Patterson? No, no clue. Don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I know it was Najee Harris, though. So, which I mean, um, in the long term, that's a great pickup. Yeah. If you kind of follow track through the the trades there of what you ended up with, but yeah. Still at the time, kind of lopsided, or now looking at it. Yeah, it was. It was. I did want Patterson to. I felt. I thought I could trade him easier than Josh Jacobs because mm-hmm. both you and Will told me you weren't interested in Josh Jacobs, and so, um, I figured that maybe the case around the league. I'd had you know, and I was kind of jumping at the opportunity to, to get him off my roster. So, yeah. Okay. Um, then we don't have to talk about this last one. You mentioned it pre before we started recording Honeycut. Um, but yeah. I, I don't know. It's up to you. No, I, I, we don't have to. Is there is there another one that y'all think can think of that would be in the would would be you know, the last as much of trip? as all the all the crap that the league gives Will for these bad or these what they say are trades that just make his team incredible. All the ones I've looked over them, they're all pretty reasonable as far as value to value, and so. I don't think that Will is making these just crazy bad deals with people and somehow convincing them to do it. I think they've all been pretty equal as, as far as value, especially considering the needs of each team, you know? Um, I mean, he's, Will has given up a lot to get those guys back too. So it's not, you know, it's not like, I mean, like I, he, to get Kyler Murray, he had, he gave up Najee Harris and Javante Williams to get, Devonte Adams for you, he gave up, um, you know, um, who did he, he gave up Mark, Mark Andrews, Andrews, and Andrews and Michael Pittman. Right. So it's like, those are not that those aren't guys you sneeze at by any means, you know, it's like, I mean, that's a lot of value that he's getting, getting for, for Devonte Adams and for Kyler Murray, even though Devonte Adams and Kyler Murray do make Will's team a lot better. It also made the other team a lot better, you know? So I don't think they're, his trades are very one-sided at all. Yeah, I mean, great points. <laughs> um, I actually was looking over this, Will, and I saw your team, and it showed how many t- uh, how many players started on your team and how many players you traded for. <laughs> um, and, uh, it was pretty kind of – it was even, but it was just interesting to see how many of these key players you picked up through trades. And not one trade, but multiple trades over the, the lifespan of the season. Yeah, like looking at my starting lineup just real quick, Kyler Murray trade, Saquon Barkley draft, Gibson trade, Lamb draft, Adams trade, Gronk draft, Debo draft. So like a few more draft and trade, but if you look at my bench, I mean, I didn't draft any of these people. (laughs) Except for Julio Jones who's on IR, I did not draft any of the people on my bench. Let me run let me run through mine real quick. Dak trade. Madison draft, Harris trade, Cooper trade, Jefferson trade, Firemuth free agency, Foreman free agency. <laughs> yeah. I have literally on my whole team, I I have, including my bench, I have two guys that I drafted still. 
Alexander Madison and Noah Fan I drafted, and everyone else I got through trade or free agency. Yeah, I mean, I have so. six six got people in my lineup or who I started with. So, yeah, um, part of the deal. It, it is a part of the deal, and and you got to be able to will and deal to improve your team. Not many teams left are are the top teams without shaking up the roster. Would y'all agree? Yeah. I most, guess most, most yeah. of the time. Most of the time, you got to shake it up. Um, to the progress. exception is is uh, Chubby. I mean, well, Chubby hasn't made it hardly any. Yeah, he's Chubby and Gangsters have made hardly any moves. Yeah, it's hard to get Gangsters to, to trade at all. So no, he's the worst. <laughs> I'm I almost him out. he's the worst. I almost had it. And okay, and like, and Cooks actually Cooks only has gotten only his kicker and defense from free agency and yeah. Jacoby Myers and Chase Edmonds from trade. Everyone else he drafted. So that's impressive that he's top of the well, league. Well, when you're that good, you know, yeah, might right. as well ride it out. <laughs> he, I mean, he, I, he's I such a good drafter. That. I mean, to draft all those guys, he just, yeah. he just killed the draft. He just, every yeah. pick he had at the 12th pick, he just made the best pick ever. Yeah. On the money. It, he did it. It was him. It was not, Oh, great decision-making. Yeah. Yeah. Auto draft for the win and complain about it and, and cause a honey cut, uh, as a, um, dictator commissioner, (laughs) you know, Hitler honey cut or something. I think he said, I will say that we, we are running a podcast, but that does not mean that we feel like we know everything about fantasy football. Definitely. We just, I mean, <laughs> maybe I'm a, three, I'm a three-time champion. Maybe, maybe there's one guy on the league. But for the people who get the most slack, we are just three guy or two guys who just enjoy right. talking about fantasy. Don't, don't want me in with you guys. I, I'm not going don't to. Don't want me in with you guys. <laughs> uh, even though people like, yeah, like to separate us in different ways and saying that Will's the nice one and all this stuff. So, people anyways, say who says that? People who don't know. Yeah, yeah say, that's, that's, that's really true. shocking. That's true. No, no one ever says what was the nice one. No, no. Yeah. I mean, I'm nice, but I'm not the nice one. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a difference between the two. There's a big difference Definitely. between the two. Definitely. I will not give you that cred at all or name, title. All right. Well, let me. Can we do story time for a second, Honeycutt? Dude, take us there. Take us there. So we got to talk about something. So obviously, trade deadline was last, th- really Thursday night, Friday early in the morning. And it was all, wacky. It was wild. All day long, I'm texting people, trying to figure stuff out, calling people, trying to get people to trade with me. I texted Bryce. He says, oh, that's interesting. And then I never hear from him again. <laughs> Things like that happen. <laughs> so <clears throat> it's coming down to the wire. Honeycutt's getting desperate to trade Devontae Adams because he needs to win last week or else he's out of the playoff picture completely. And Devontae Adams is on bye. So obviously, I referenced this in the podcast cold open last week. I had a deal for him last week. He rejected it. So Thursday night, he says, you know, Devonta Adams is going to be cheap. So I'm texting Kyle, and uh, Kyle says I might be back in on Devonta Adams, and I say, oh, me too. I'm I'm texting him right now, uh, and I say, hey, what are you offering? And he says Elijah Mitchell and George Kittle, and I say, okay, well. Uh, mine's Mike, Mark Andrews and Michael Pittman Jr. And 
Honeycutt went dark for a while. We we couldn't figure out what he was doing. So Kyle called him and Honeycutt picked up and then eventually Kyle conferenced me in. So now by this point it's like eleven PM. Guys, it's so late. It was so late. <laughs> probably closer to eleven thirty. And we all get on a phone conference together. And Honeycutt can't make a decision. He's trying whoa, to get whoa, he's whoa, saying, whoa. hold on, Classic. hold on. Honeycutt, let me tell the story. You can okay. rebut in a second. Okay. But Honeycutt can't make a decision. He keeps saying, you know, Kyle, if you'll just throw in this person or Will, can you can you do anything else or whatever? And we're like, no, nah, this is it. And I was like, Honeycutt, just take my deal. It's all cool. And he was like, no, nah, maybe Kyle. And so probably after like 30 or 45 minutes of that, Kyle's like, ah, Honeycutt, I might need to back out. I think I'm going to back out of the deal. And Kyle said, and, and Honeycutt says, okay, Kyle, you have until 1245 or 1240, whatever time it was at this point, or else we're, we're shutting it down. And so it gets to 1240. He's like, Kyle, make a decision. And Kyle's like, ah, I don't think I'm going to do it. And Honeycutt goes, okay, you got until 1245. <laughs> 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 but eventually, Kyle said no. There were no other offers on the table. And at around 1 a.m., Honeycutt and I struck the deal for Devonta Adams, sending LaVisca Chenault as well for Mark Andrews and Michael Pittman Jr. But basically, we were up till 1 a.m. I felt like a real-life GM instead of a for real. fantasy football GM trying to strike the deal. Uh, but it was brilliant because Kyle kept us kept us all up super late because he uh, he backed out at the last minute on uh, the Elijah Mitchell and George Kittle, which was a good move on his part. But I had to step way later than I wanted to. So definitely. Well, and let me let me tell it from my vantage point. Story time with Matthew on this. I literally texted everybody in the league. I can confidently say it. I did not leave anybody out. I texted everybody. Was throwing offers out. Was trying to get some some feedback on Devontae Adams. So for anybody out there that would like to say something about we're just giving away players of will. I will thank you for at least just responding to trade conversation. Always. And and so I ha- I had to go with the deal in order for my team to get better. This week, I had to make a deal. And so for all you people who were trying to give me deals that wouldn't benefit me till this week, <laughs> pity on you. And I told you ahead of time, I need to improve this week. And then they kept trying to circle back around and say, well, what about this player? They'll be back. And I'm like, no, I got to be better this week. <laughs> yeah. And so when it came down to the wire, I mean, and I was trying to get creative, guys. Me and Will, we almost pulled off a two-part trade. Two-part 12-person trade. Almost six players from each team. And it would have been a mega deal. And we almost did it. And it just didn't happen. Wait, but what was that deal? I, should we tell them? I don't know if we should we. Yeah, sure. I've got it written down. Give me one second. I'll pull it up here. So it had to be in two parts because we had to improve Honeycutt's team in one in the first week, and then but I wasn't going to get enough back, so we were going to do them both simultaneously. But here's here's how it worked. So the first deal would have been Gronk and Ceedee Lamb for Higby, Corey Davis, and Devonta Adams. That one would have gone through immediately. The second deal was Gallup, A.J. Dillon, and Aaron Jones for James Robinson and Cortland Sutton. So it was a 10-person, I'm sorry, not a 12-person, a 10-person two-part deal. So the first part would have gone through right away. The second part would have gone through after the weekend because Michael Gallup was included. So Why would have the first one gone through right away? 
Well, I mean, we, we would have tried to push it through, I guess. Yeah, we would have said at one in the morning. No, no, no. This was early this in, the early oh, in the day. Oh, I see. Yeah, I this see, was okay. Thursday early in the day. The this is like our Wednesday. No, no, no. It was Thursday early in the day. Um, I was driving. I, I know I was on the phone with both of y'all at different points on the drive, yeah. trying to come up with trades. And uh, I, I just, I, I think Will actually, you said, "Hey, what about Gallup?" And then I was like, "Oh, this could we could structure a deal that is a two-parter." Yeah, you're welcome for that idea, Will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I gave you that idea when I said we should throw Gallup in. No, yeah, I, I was the then, one who said. And then you said, let's flip Lamb and Cooper. And so that didn't work out. No, but I'm I was pretty the sure one that's how I, it played I, out. I, no, no, no. You were asking me if a player plays and then you trade him, what happens? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. asking that. And so, I mean, just it was a it was a crazy day. By the end of it, I was done texting. I, that's why we were hopping on phone well, it was, calls. It was the next day, basically. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it finished on one a.m. Pretty much, and so just an insane. It it was it was definitely fun parts of it, and then other parts were like, shoot, I just am trying to better my team. I can't get anyone to take one of the best receivers in the league. Come on, people. So then he ends up with Will, who has now an incredible team. And so that's how it shoots out. But uh, I, I, do we want to give do, want to give any time to the actual trade of Mark Andrews, Michael Pittman? Or do, I don't know if y'all want. to. I don't think so. I mean, look, it was a trade made out of desperation for you. I don't know. It's not an unfair trade necessarily, but I don't know if you would have taken it if not for you needed to improve this week. Oh yeah, um, of course. Now again, Mark Andrews is good. Michael Pittman is good. So you're getting some value there, but you might have required more if, if you could have had some time. But you know, it makes my team. B- better i mean i think gronk and um uh and andrews are comparable and then obviously i think Devontae's better than hollywood brown is which is who i essentially gave up to make this move so mm-hmm. um, yeah 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 i think you know it benefited <laughs> both teams it just didn't work out for you because george kittle and elijah mitchell and justin jefferson had great weeks so and and at at the last last moment that he could pull out of the deal he pulled out of it oh is yeah that right well yeah oh yeah it was like 12 30 a.m and it would have been a great deal but this was the best i had so i had to go with it from my yeah. perspective yeah i think i like that deal with kyle better for sure but um obviously you can't control him him backing out of it so definitely definitely all right well are we ready to make some predictions for this last week in fantasy football yes let's, let's do, do it, it. Let's ha- let's do it. Who's who's walking us through the matchup? Lassie is, of course. Yeah, I can. I have my picks in there already. Uh, so okay. update real quick. Will and I are tied in our record 38 and 34. Ooh. And Matthew is 36 and 36, back to 500. So um, we did – sorry. We did miss um, on all of our predictions – Henderson did not play. I thought he would have his highest score of the season. Uh, Daddy, I also said that um, Daddy Kyle would outscore Matty Ice and the boys in every positional area except defense, which didn't happen. It was close, but not close. Yeah, it was close. I also said that Jonathan Taylor would outscore all of Chubby's running backs by 20-plus, which didn't happen. And then I thought um, Jalen Hurts would have a big game, and he didn't play. So. So, uh, but yeah, back to the records, Matthew, we have two games on Matthew and Will and I are tied. So try to make that up. Great. Let me pull up the 
box scores. So we'll start off with uh, we'll do the three meaningful playoff ones first. Is that cool? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. Okay, so first we'll start off with uh, my my matchup: Run DMC versus Run CMC, which is the better named team. And I have to go with my guys here. I actually went I went back and looked, and I'm like three and six when picking my team to win, but I, I still have to pick my team to win. So I'm going to go with CMC here. It's it's a last-ditch effort. If I don't win, I for sure go home and don't make the playoffs. Winning is my only chance, and I still need some help. So, um, But overall, you know, um, I, I still I still like my chances, especially if Keenan Allen is out. Um, Which he is out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he he's officially out. You're right. Yeah. Um, so I still like my chances uh, at winning, but again, I've liked my chances before and have not um, done well to win, but I'm going to pick CMC here. Huh, interesting. Okay. Um, DMC did pick up St. Brown, who had a breakout performance last week, but I don't think it's going to be enough. Um, so with – Kamara coming back off. I still think he's not going to be quite healthy. Um, so I'm going to actually go with CMC here in a, in a close one. CMC with the win. I am too. And look for DMC to lose his spot as the number two overall seed in oh. the division. So okay. give me CMC. Awesome. But still in the playoffs. Yes. He, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll be in the playoffs. Yeah. Great. Well, next we have Daddy Kyle versus the hottest team in the league and new number one in the power rankings, No Keepers League. And I think No Keepers is still going to keep up the the trend and the streak that that he's been on. I think No Keepers is going to win this one. Yeah, so I think the key key to this matchup is the flex position this week. Whatever Brandon Ayuk contributes is going to be key for no keepers to win. And I'm going to go with no keepers here. Yeah, I'm Buck the Trend. I'm going Daddy Kyle. I think he gets the win this week. So, okay. Right. Keepers drops to eighth or so in the, uh, in the playoffs. Wait, how do you think that keepers is going to lose and that DMC is going to lose his spot? And the, that those, both those things can't happen. They absolutely can happen. No, because keepers is a game behind. If if keepers loses, he's there are other eight. there are other six to seven teams in the division. Oh, I see what you're saying. Sorry. Yes, you're right. So my bad. DMC's points for are so low. If any six and seven team wins, no, you're pretty, right. They're pretty much going to leapfrog them. So oh, so this game actually, he's if he loses. He's guaranteed to not be because Daddy Kyle or Omar will keep will win. Uh, I don't know if Daddy Kyle has more points for it than oh, okay. DMC, but okay. it's going to be I, something I like it. that. Okay. So DMC just 40, 1482, Daddy Kyle fourteen sixty four. So maybe, maybe so. Possible. Well, so with this, with those picks, Will, do you believe that no keepers gets in to the playoffs? Oh yeah, no keepers is in the playoffs for sure. Okay. Yeah, he's locked. Yeah, he's 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 way too many points ahead. He's gonna he's gonna make the playoffs. Okay. Cool. Um, next, the third matchup with playoff um, p- playoff ramifications is Birdman versus Hold My Cooks. 
And again, even with Jonathan Taylor out, I think Cooks is going to win this one still. Bird has been good, but he is struggling with the bye weeks this week. Um, you know, he has Jalen Waddle out, uh, who's been a good player for him lately. So I think Cooks is going to take this one away. Yeah, I have to actually agree with you. Um, he's starting three Dallas Cowboys again, and I, that's just not painting out great right now for the offense in Dallas. So I'm going to say that Hold My Cooks squeaks it out here. Projections are looking really weak here, but yeah. I think Cooks I think Cooks gets it. Yeah, you look at the bench for um, Bird, yeah. and it's, it's just tough. He's going <clears> to <throat> – he's in a tough spot. It's Cooks. Okay. Next we have, uh, I guess I'll do uh, the William Falcons and versus Matty Ice and the boys. And this one has very, very little playoff ramifications, but technically it could affect the playoffs. Um, But I'm going to pick the Falcons. I think Matty Ice just, he's just has a rough season. I think it's time for him to pack up, go home, look, look forward to next season. Oh yeah. hundred percent Falcons. Falcons all the way. Agreed. Great. Next, we have Gangsta's Paradise versus Funky Town Fellas. And same kind of thing as as Maddie asked in the boys. I think Gangsta's is going to win this one. Funky Town just needs to look forward to next season. Maybe he can turn things around. Yeah. Um, so, um, real quick, can I give it a look here? Um, yeah, Paradise. Paradise got the win. I agree. I think this team's really good. They have a lot of really good running backs. I think it's Paradise's week this week. And then last but not least, we have Chubby Girlies are Swift versus the Big Easy. Two friends pitting it out against each other. One guy who got the other guy into the league. Big Easy lost a big player, but I'm going to say Chubby Girlies finishes the regular season with a win. And goes on to the playoffs for a nice first round exit. Ooh. Oh, calling into the playoffs already. Uh yeah, I agree. Chubby is gonna win this one. I think Chubb, with if Chubb is back, which I believe he is back, healthy. Pat Mahomes, maybe he'll have a better week. Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase. Yeah, I like it. Chubby. Same. Okay. There you go. There you have it. So I would let's let's kind of try to look at this based off our predictions. Who who are we saying based off our wins will be in the playoffs? Can we figure that out? Is that possible? Based on well, based on me and you, Honeycut, we're saying I'm going to be in the playoffs. Will is really? saying Daddy's going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. If if I win, Kyle loses and. Um, Bird loses, which we were both, you and I are predicting those things to happen. And I outscore Kyle by five points. I will be in the playoffs. Otherwise, Kyle's in the playoffs. Unless Bird wins and he's in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so then based off Will's layout, who is he Kyle, saying? Kyle's in. Kyle's in because we all have Bird losing. So we think Bird's not going to be the playoffs. All of us do. Okay, I think I want to change my picks. <laughs> so they've locked. We're locked in. Sorry, Honeycutt. Oh, what? Lock them in. Lock <laughs> them in. What do I need to do to 
to say that I, I do, I really do believe Daddy Cal will probably end up in the playoffs. Well, you just need to think that I'm not going to outscore him. You can still have this, this, these picks, but that I won't outscore him by five points. Uh, if I, if he outscores me by, if, if I don't get five more points than him this week, then Kyle wins, even no matter what. Uh, I think that's possible. I'll go with that. You know, it would be an absolutely nightmare scenario for me. So I predicted that Daddy Kyle beats no keepers, right? That's what I predicted. Yeah. That. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that means no keepers are still in the playoffs, but he probably drops to the eighth seed because he has the same record as Daddy Kyle. So he drops down to the eighth seed. I predicted that I would win. If I win and DMC loses, I jump up to the two seed. Okay, never mind. I was worried I had to play Omar, but I wanted to play Omar because I have to play Omar. So there I just go. don't want to play Omar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So real quick, I I need to go pretty soon, but I'd love to hear um, y'all's picks uh, for who's going to win the championship. Well, let's do that next week. Let's do the playoff. playoff I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll give the whole scoop of who we believe. We'll even talk about the the uh, the other bracket. You know, Mm. we'll We'll spend a little time on that. (laughs) Okay, I was trying. All right, guys. Well, um, it has been a just a, a great season. Been fun to get to hang out with y'all, talk fantasy football for guys who just like to hang out and talk about fantasy football. So thanks for your contributing to it. And we will be talking about the playoffs and who in our league is in the playoffs next week. So excited y'all tune in for that and we'll give some playoff fantasy outlook. So any closing statements from y'all? If you need to win, I hope you guys get a win. And if you're set for the playoffs, enjoy the week. And let's just get this thing done. Let's party. All right, guys. Keep it chilly, my friends. Peace out. I don't listen to fantasy football podcasts.